This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Thank you, Jesus. You are here. this afternoon. God is going to break yokes here this afternoon. When he came in bound, you are living free. The word may be short, but by the special grace of God we will minister and shackles shall be broken in the name of the Lord Jesus. Living the Lord with all my heart, that this shall be your best year ever. Three, four months is a long time for God to do mighty things. And he's able to turn it around by his mighty power. He will save and deliver here. And you shall be bound no more. Thank you, Father. We give you honor and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worship. Well done, priesting. Come and put your hands together and please be seated. Please be seated. Hallelujah. All right. We are all welcome in Jesus' name. So I'll just be speaking to us um, briefly on Christ, our advocate. And our test is taken from John chapter 16, verse 33. And then we hopefully will rise up to pray. If the Lord leads us, we might still minister to people. These things are spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Tell your neighbor, be of good cheer. Cheer up. Jesus has overcome for you. We live in a very hostile world, and I don't think you need any convincing to know that. There are so much of physical hostilities going around, but these are only signs of the spiritual hostility that is going on in the spiritual realm. And you may see hostility against cities and nations, but more importantly, you need to be aware that you as a person, you are involved in a battle. There's a war that is raging. And the reality of our life is to recognize that these hostilities, they are persistent, they are sustained, and the devil has no plans to let up. Most hostilities are based on accusations. And that's going to be the major area of my sharing with you today. Accusations. There are not people that are fighting without a word of accusation going between them. You agree with me? It's because we didn't do this. That's why I'm doing that. 
It's because you have done that. That is why I'm doing that. Hello, everyone. Be aware. The accusations are raging against you as well. Raging in the spiritual realm. And unless one is adept at knowing that these accusations must be fought back in the right way, one may end up being a victim. But I know you are a victor. I say you are a victor. And no accusation that is raised against you shall be sustained in the name of the Lord Jesus. I have a lot of body in my heart, seeing so much that human beings, not least those around me, are going through, including all you brothers and sisters, and including myself. There's so much in the world. And I think the Lord is telling our hearts that with a lot of determination, And a lot of strength, we must press back against this accusation of the enemy that is raging against you. And victorious we shall be in the name of Jesus. When I was thinking of this, it occurred to me that for you to get a fair picture of what we are facing, it's like a person being brought before a panel that you have done something very wrong, possibly in the neighborhood, possibly in your place of work. And this panel that you are facing is such a tough one that it's almost a matter of life and death. And you appear before this panel every day. You see, people have appeared before panels before, maybe once in a blue moon, but every day. Or you can also equate it to someone that is brought into a lot court, and you have a case to answer. Every day, yesterday it was murder case, today it is stealing. Tomorrow is another thing, and it's persistent like that. That in the spiritual realm is almost equivalent to what we are going through. And I believe the Lord is opening our eyes to see clearly that we have taken things too lightly. I will show you a video clip towards the end, and I will save that for that time. Uh, Someone that did the video is surprising, but we will get there in a minute. Hallelujah. Oh, another one that I saw, that I tried to, which I could relate with more, was like you going for an exam. And some of these exams, the way they are set is that you are entering for the oral exam or the viva with one thing in the mind of the examiner. That thing is that, prove unto us why we should remove your name from the fail list. It's never proven to us. As you are entering, they have settled it that you have failed. And the only thing you must prove unto them is that convince us that we should not fail you. And so many times, that is what we face as human beings, but even much more so as children of God. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. You might think I'm exaggerating. You might think that, oh, well, it's not that bad. Well, Revelation chapter 10, verse 12, verse 10. Tells you a little bit more. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, please. Are we there upstairs? Good. Um... Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. They were jubilating in heaven. You know why they were jubilating? For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before God, say with me, accused them, accused them, is persistent. He will come up with something because God is a God of law and order. And he will raise something against us day and night. But when the time eventually came, and it's not now because that is futuristic. 
when the time eventually will come, and heavens will just say, ah, it's over. But before then, there's a battle to fight. Before then, there's a resistance that you must mount. First Peter chapter 5, I say, be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. What should you do with him? Resist him steadfast in the spirit. 5 verse 8. Resist him steadfast in the spirit. And I pray the Lord will give us the ability to do that in the name of Jesus. Brethren, I've come with a wake-up call for you today. When the Bible says, Christians seek not your repose. Or sorry, when the songwriter says, Christians seek not your repose. He knows what he's talking about. There's so much going on out there. So much going on in the spiritual realm. That we are all candidates to be swallowed. If not for Jesus who has been delivering us. If you are standing today, it's by his mercy. If you are standing today, and they've not barbecued you. And they've not, as, as one person will say, they've not shish kebab you. Is because of his mercy. And he also is calling you to battle. Because Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 tells me. Therefore we wrestle against the spiritual forces. We wrestle. And I pray as we come to the place of wrestling today. We shall be victorious. And don't make any mistake. That in your own power or in your own ability. Or you've got a ground where you can win. In actual fact, there is always a degree of ground for the devil to accuse you. There's always a degree of ground. It's either you know a lot about what he's talking about or you know a little. Either way, we cannot wash our hands completely clean. And I can assure you, the best of, the best of us, there's something hanging somewhere that the devil will link up to. Joshua the high priest, Zechariah chapter 3 verse 1. Zechariah chapter 3 verse 1. He was brought before the throne of God and he was accused that his garment was filthy. But thank God for God. Woe to her that is filled and polluted to the oppressive city. Verse 2. And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. Better. And he showed me Joshua the... Uh, and he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord... And Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, the Lord rebuke you. O Satan, even the Lord hath, that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Why not? Why give me New King James? Why not give me New King James Version? You are really helping me upstairs today. The devil is a liar. I mean, talking about spiritual warfare. <laughs> give me King James Version, please, if you may. Come on. That's, I, I, eh? New King James, that's all. You don't confuse me again. What's the problem with you? Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. Next verse, please. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord will rebuke Satan on your behalf today. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Verse 3. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garment. There was a reason for accusation. And was standing before the angel. Verse 4. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him saying, Take away the filthy garment from him. The filthy garment is being removed from you today. 
And to him he says, see, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. Now, I want to affect your theology for good today. Don't think you can ever, ever fight Satan because of your righteousness. Amen unto that one. You cannot. He will punch a hole in it. Let me tell you a good example of a man who was well anointed and if it were not for God's mercy, a major hole would have been punched. We're going to read Acts chapter 23, verses 1 to 5. I just want to take you through this one quickly, and then I'll rush through the rest. Acts chapter 23, verses 1 to 5. All right? And he said, Then Paul, looking earnestly at the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all, conscience, all, all good conscience before God until this day. Verse 2, let's move quickly. And the high priest Ananias commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. Now hear Paul in verse 3. Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewash war, for you seek to judge me according to the law. And do you command me to be struck contrary to the law? Verse 4. And those who stood by said, Ah, do you revive God's high priest? Verse 5. Then Paul said, I did not know, brethren, that he was the high priest, for it is written, You shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. Was Paul right or wrong? Not here, not there. He was right. Okay. He was wrong. And if not for God's mercy, they have, the devil has something against him. Yes, he was quoting unto us Exodus chapter 23, where he says, do not revive. But Matthew chapter 4, chapter 5, verse 44, tells him that you should not do what? You know it very well. Love your enemy. He was not supposed, whether it was high priest or not, give me Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. Oh, Lord. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who what? Do good to those and pray for those. Did Paul do any of that? If we were to follow the lines by line, if the devil were to stand without Christ's blood fighting for you, there was no way Paul would not have been judged wrong in that. Jesus said that. And he even said that you should not say a fool to somebody. He said we should not, we should not even use any word of abuse against them. That's what Jesus Christ said. What I'm trying to establish here is that when we start praying, you will look away from what you have done right. You will look away from, I'm going to fix it. You're going to come from the position of, Lord, if you don't help me, this devil will have a hold upon me. But he's not going to do so. Your mercy will avail for me. It's not a matter of going to try harder. It's a matter of stepping into what Christ has done. And use it fully. Will you stay in your wrongdoing? Of course you will not. Will you not make effort to be what Christ has called you to be? Of course you will not stay without making efforts to what God wants you to do. But the truth of the matter is that none of us can win this battle on our own merit. You cannot. It has to be your help. It has to be your help. You may not have done it, you may have thought it. You may not have thought it. You may have even by your ancestors have got something raging in that area. But in a minute... The Lord himself will bring deliverance to every one of us. Very quickly, how are you going to know whether you are facing accusation? Because some of you, you are not probably believing me. I will give you a checklist now. 
to let you know that more than you think, a lot is going on in the spiritual realm accusing you and I. Only for them to gather together and strike. In very simple things, accusations are going on. I'll give you four. There should be many more. I'll just give you four. How you will know whether there's a lot of more than ordinary accusation that is going on against you. Number one, when you suffer regular accusations in little things of life, in the natural realm, that is to say, you start noticing that things that you could have said that no one would have complained, they start taking you wrongly. You start noticing that the kind of joke you cracked yesterday and there was no problem with it, suddenly it's become a major issue. You start noticing between spouses, what used to be normally a way of talking to one another, you then find out that the other person is taking it wrongly. You go to the shopping mall, you want to pay, somebody started asking you, you know, I don't know how do they, you know, looking at you in a very funny and, you know, looking for your fight. You, you left you there, you were driving, someone caught you on the road, and before you know, you started doing all sorts of fingers and all sorts of explosive, or sometimes all within the same season or the same day. You are not having a bad day, you are on trial. Get a good lawyer. Many times you wave it aside. You see the season in your life. Everybody's pointing finger at you. You normally live a normal life. Everything is okay. But you just can't put your foot right. The same food you have cooked before and there's no complaint. Now it is no, no, no salt. If I accuse you at home, you step out there. Somebody's accusing you everywhere. More often than not. That was what David suffered in 1 Samuel chapter 17. He went to the battlefront. And he was going to help Israel. The first thing Eliab, the brother, told him, he said, what are you doing here? You are an arrogant boy. The boy said, what has warranted that? Eliab was so worked up and so angry at him. He said, oh, is there not a reason? What have I done wrong? Of course, Goliath was waiting. Goliath was not sent to kill or to destroy Israel. Goliath was sent to kill David particularly. I hope you know. So that he may not sit there so that Christ may not come through that line. So many of the battles that you are fighting, it's not just you that they are targeting. They are targeting those that are coming after you. And every one of us will have leadership role to play. As a mother, because every woman, you are a mother in Jesus' name. As a father of a truth, once they strike you, they say, they've got that particular line of people that are to come. But he knew that it was more than a bad day. He was on trial. And he got himself ready. Eventually, when he faced Goliath, Goliath fell. I beg of you, take note of these things and don't play with it. Number two, of the checklist to know whether you are facing uncommon accusation that you need to rise up and do something about. When there's an unnecessary escalation of a simple but important matter beyond the ordinary. I'll give you a good example. First time you went for your driving test. They mark you on the smallest of things. And, the mark, and you're looking at the mark. But this thing is, I said, no, you are not going. Second time you went, the man looked at it again and said, well, the first time was that you hesitated. The second time was that you didn't wait. 
And you are not reading the signal that maybe something is wrong. Maybe we need to have this. And I'm not talking of we do me. Of course, I, I'm, not, I'm not foolish. I'm, I know there are physical things that we could do better. But more often than not, if we are sensitive, most of this is the God's spiritual connotations. And it's important for us to make sure that we don't let the enemy. And because we allow that to pass, the devil knows this one is an easy myth. It comes again. And it starts piling up. Because someone somewhere is speaking unto the physical person you are seeing and say, don't favor him. Someone somewhere is accusing you and I say, you say, see, see the way it's looking. But I'm looking okay. When you smile, you say you are sniggering or whatever. Or you are, you know, you have a condescending look. When you wear a serious face, you say you are frowning. You can't get it right. They blow everything out of proportion. More often than not, there's something happening in the spiritual realm. And it's about time you wake up. It's about time you wake up and tell them to stop it. Go to number three. That's what might not manifest in the physical realm. But more people within this room, I can almost assure you, we are involved in that. And I call that covert spiritual high court set up to determine your future. Covert spiritual high courts set up to determine your future. How do they happen? If you look at Ruth, chapter 4, it talks about, you know, they start at the gate. If you look at Ezekiel, chapter 3, it talks about, you know, God opening the eyes of, you know, prophet Ezekiel to see into the spiritual realm how people gather and they were making decisions about him. Whether we like it or not, or you want someone to tell you otherwise, and you want to believe it, but please accept today is the truth. There are decisions being made about whether you will marry or not marry. And it's a court. And they will come up with genuine reasons why you should not. There are decisions being made, courts being set up in the spiritual realm to determine whether that job will be a dead end and you will end up in hardship and poverty. Oh, you will break through. They're meeting. Oh, yes. The doctor sees something that is the whatever, you know, reason why that condition is there. Remember Jesus Christ, every, nearly everything he saw. He was casting out demons, you see? You remember? Blindness demon, deafness demon. Well, we know more than Jesus now, don't we? You know, in his days, he does not know science. And I can assure you, Many of these things, there are spiritual forces that are working behind them, unless we rise up to fight them. Will he die a pauper? Will she die a pauper? They've decided it. Let him keep working. Let her keep working. We know where to catch him. We know. And once they've decided it, based on argument, and you do not rise up to fight it, because the devil, the Bible says that the devil goes around like a right, seeking who may devour. Whom you should do what? Who you should do what? Say it together, everybody. Who is going to do the resisting? And don't let anybody give you another theology that you can fold your hand. You will have to rise up and do the resisting. Let me give you two more quickly. There are special appellate courts that are set up. Do you know the spiritual and the physical, they are parallel? If you understand that, it will make it very easy to understand the spiritual realm. Whatever happens here, believe you me, there's a corresponding one happening over there. If you search well in the scripture, you will find it. Spiritual appellate courts are those ones that decisions that have been made by heaven on your behalf and you have escaped, they will appeal against it. An appeal can come in from Torah, but it's not supposed to marry. We are appealing against it now. 
Now that he has married, we must make sure there will be no children. That's the appeal that is raging. That's the appeal. Usually appeals, the little I know, they are not usually on the judgment, but they are usually procedural. They probably did not have jurisdiction. And we didn't see something at that time. We should not have already. We don't, you don't need to overturn that, but make sure that going forward. But there's a power that is greater than their power. There's one that sits in the affairs of men. And they will turn it around. The same application that others applied for for their visa, they got it easily. In your own case, you have been on it for so long. I was going to say maybe. Well, I stay with maybe. Maybe there's a court set up against you. Maybe somebody is influencing and say, well, that shall not progress. But because of the mercy of the Lord, it will progress. And you will enter to the place the Lord has called you for. And just put one last one there. There may be counter accusations against you. Counter claims, counter claims, counter claims. Counter claims are usually for third party. You're praying for somebody, as a brother or as a sister, and suddenly you yourself, they decide to face you. You know, when, when people go to court and you're a witness for another person, you're testifying in support of the other person, you know they can attack the witness. A good lawyer will make sure that he's going to attack the witness. That once I discredit the witness, he's not able to attack. Many people, so one sister was praying sometime, ran, say, sir, I was praying for this person, no? What I saw, in fact, the person was seen, I think somebody gave testimony, I said, see Pepe, yes, I was listening remotely. The person saw Pepe. He said the matter was too big. Of course, the matter didn't progress. There are some demons that supervise things, some things like that, that they, they, it was, in fact, the way she ran, probably you remember, the way the sister ran and cried and said, ah, I didn't know the matter was this big. And she was just lovely sister, just trying to help somebody. Cantacling was raised against her. Many times it's also helpful to stay within our area of strength and grace. Yes. Because sometimes when you get involved, you must be prepared to go all the way. You might be wounded. You might be wounded. That's not mean that we should not intercede for one another. But once you know you are entering to somebody else's terrain to fight their battle, get ready. Counterclaims can be raised. Now you have heard all this. You've heard all this. And as I promise that we need to pray today. But there are different attitudes you can have to these things that I've said. You agree with me? I know in this room some are already said, ah, that's true. That's me. That's me. Thank God for your life. Maybe some are sitting here and say, well, mm, I don't think. That's okay, Pastor. Occasionally, Thank God for your life. Maybe somebody say, no, nothing like that exists. That is wrong. Thank God for your life. But I will use very uncommon thing. Uh, I will use a clip to explain these three categories that we can belong to. And the source it came from is the unlikely source. I'll tell you the source. Um, it's from a comedian. It happens to be the Highest paid comedian in the world. That is British. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> they didn't want to be too slow, I know. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not the accuser. <laughs> I won't play that game with you. No, 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 no. Whatever you do is right. Your children, we love you. You don't need to worry yourself. 
So, uh, does everybody know him? He's the highest paid comedian in the, in the UK. In, in actual fact, he says he's in the world. He's Michael McIntyre. Maybe you've not heard of him before. You heard? All right, okay. Now, now, when you listen to this clip, listen carefully. I know jokes are very cultural. Hmm? And so, and also very individual. So I'm not showing you for the purpose of the joke. If you don't laugh, I won't be offended. I don't, I'm not, I'm, actually, I'm not expecting you to laugh. That's not, but if you do, please feel free to do so. But there's a lesson that this man taught so clearly. When the Bible says, go to the ant and learn, and I'm not calling him an ant, but I'm saying that unexpected places you can get great lessons. He said it in the form of a joke, but it was so profound that I said I won't let it go. That I will show it to you, and then you can see yourself in whichever category you are. He dramatized it. I couldn't do that, you know. Uh, so I was, I was not related to you, but it's going to fall flat. I, I will miss it completely. So I said, I might, it's about four minutes, and I think I can spare four minutes, and then we see how good time to pray. Okay, now, one to go. outside, okay? So they'll start to come into your life. And you'll deal with the situation, I believe, as a British person, in one of three ways. Um, you'll recognise yourself in this as we go through it. When a bee or a wasp buzzes into your life, bzzz, either you are firstly a wafter, okay? You'll know who you are if you're the wafters. They're quite cool, by the way. If you're a wafter, you're quite cool. You just, you just deal with the situation. Bzzz, okay, I'll figure. I don't need that. Sometimes you don't even break stride in your conversations. Just pause. Can you pause it? It's difficult to pause. I'm just going to move the air near you. It's not possible. All right. I, I just want, it speaks very fast. And I'm sure, you know, a typical British person, you know, a digital British person listening to me, I speak very fast too. So I got it, but I'm sure we might. Now, what he's talking about is that. It's just dramatizing something very common. That when wasps and bees are flying, there are three different ways people react to them. And so it's going to take us through the three different ways people react to them. And then from that, I want us to learn a few lessons. Please continue now. Or you can start from the beginning, whichever way is more convenient for you. <laughs> and of course, that's when the bees and the wasps start to chip in to your day because they live outside, okay? So they'll start to come into your life. And you'll deal with the situation, I believe, as a British person, in one of three ways. Um, you'll recognize yourself in this as we go through it. When a bee or a wasp buzzes into your life, bzzz, either you are firstly a wafter, okay? You'll know who you are if you're the wafters. They're quite cool, by the way. If you're a wafter, they're quite cool. You just, bzzz, you just deal with the situation. Bzzz, okay, I'll figure. I don't need that. Sure, sure. Sometimes you don't even break stride in your conversations. So the other day we were, you just dealt with the situation. <laughs> to hit it. I'm just going to move the air near you. And you'll know that this isn't an area where you're particularly welcome. Okay? I'm a wafter. Right, next up, secondly, you have the Stastillers. Now, they are very serious people. And they're very adamant that their strategy is the best one to deal with the situation. Okay, nobody move. Just stay completely still. Don't make it angry. Don't encourage it. They get quite angry with the wafters. Don't waft it! You're just making it angry. You're encouraging it. Don't encourage it. It's not interested in us, and we're not interested in it. See? It's gone now. Just stay completely still, and it'll get about its business, okay? Then, the third way, the total panickers. 
are able to upgrade and become total panickers. They allow themselves that privilege. Yeah. If things, zzz, if their wafting zzz, is ineffective and the wasp keeps coming back, zzz, then you can see them start to panic. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why wafters really hardly ever get stung. And total panickers almost never get stung. You know who gets stung? The stay stillers. <laughs> because they cannot break out of their seriousness. <laughs> they are such firm believers that they have the right strategy. And this is why I thought of this. I've got a friend, he's a stay stiller, and a wasp not only buzzed around him, but landed on his face. <laughs> and he just went, the best thing to do is stay completely still. Well, I'm not so sure about that, it's on your face. I don't want to encourage it. You're just encouraging it to crawl into your eye. It's walking towards your eye. He's like, no, the best thing to do, it's not interested in me. It seems pretty interested in you. Why don't you waft it? The worst thing I could do is waft it. Just stay completely still, then another one landed on the other side of his face. I'm like, dude, you now have two wasps on your face. And then it stung him. I've got to say, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Because he couldn't just scream. He had to make out that he was still in the right. And he just went... <laughs> it has now stung me. It stung my face. It stung me on the face. But I think the best thing to do is to not encourage it to sting me again. <laughs> if a total panicker gets stung, you know about it. to bring you to your worthy place. Absolutely what you can call silly behavior, but truth in it. And it's a multi-millionaire. Story for another day. Three categories you got there. Which one are you? Are you a steel, a steel stealer? Are you a wafter? Or are you a screamer? I just call them screamer. <laughs> you have the opportunity to choose what you will be today. I've told you about wasps and bees flying. Can be there and be a steel stealer. Say, don't encourage it. It will not bite you. You know all that is said. Or you can just be the posh wafter. But even if you start like that, upgrade to be a screamer today. And if you're going to win this battle, you better be a screamer. People come in here, they think we are doing strange things when we pray energetically. You know why? We are screamers. And that's why we don't get stung. 
Because help comes. Not only will your screen drive the bees away, uh -uh, it will bring helper. And today, heavens will arise. When you lift up your voices to cry and shout unto him. Say, see the bees. Flee, they will flee. The accusers, they will leave you. Your case will be judged right. And a new season will start in your life. If you are a screamer and ready to fight, jump up on your feet with me. Hallelujah. 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 The accusation will stand. It won't stand. No matter what, it won't stand. Because the Bible tells me in Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which shall rise against you in judgment, you shall condemn. He said, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Are you a servant of the Lord? That's your heritage. And their righteousness is from where? Did you remember my initial grant for accusation? There's a grant against you. Forget about it. Stop trying. They're not placing it on you. They placed it on your spouse. They're not saying, well, but okay, she's not the one. But what about? After all, two must become one. After all, they must all suffer together. God spoke to somebody one time. He said, go and apologize to your mother. He said, why? He said, for the sin of your father. Ah, he said, why? Ah. He said, the reason is that the asset of the father went to you. The liability of the father goes to you as well. And you can't joke with that one. People say, hey, but when the man left property, you took it. The debt he left, you must take it as well. It's not as straightforward, brethren. But thank God for Jesus. Our righteousness is of him. Our righteousness is of him. That's why this is the month of abundant grace. It's not by power, it's not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And stop talking about somebody else making it while you are not. Maybe they're enjoying grace and you have not found the root of grace. And you will find that root today. So we're going to pray the prayers, confessional prayer, just three prayers. And I believe the heavens shall be pierced with those prayers. And the Lord shall arise on your behalf and my behalf. And victorious we shall be in the name of Jesus. Uh, I said victorious, you shall be in the name of the Lord. Don't be a still stiller. I'm sure that will be a long one that will stay around here with you guys. You're going to pray. I'm going to pray as confessional prayer. And say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Your word says. Please say it. When we repeat, see the word of the Lord is that's where the power is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You might think it's a child's play. It's child's play that people use to win. Please, just, just humble yourself. I, I, uh, please encourage you. I, I don't want to put under any pressure, but please, uh, let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, your word says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every time we rise against you, in judgment, you shall condemn. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, I stand upon the word of the Lord. And I declare, and I decree, no weapon formed against me, no weapon fashioned against me, no weapon crafted against me, no tongue that has gathered against me, 
No court that is set up against me, none shall prosper in the name of Jesus. And every tongue that shall rise up and has risen up and is rising up in judgment against me, against my wife, against my children, against my brethren, I condemn them in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and declare that boldly. You better speak it for. I stand on the name that's above all names. I have only one righteousness, and it is the righteousness that's in Jesus. On that ground, I stand this afternoon, and I decree and I declare every weapon that is fashioned against me, every weapon that is crafted against me, every weapon that has been made and assembled against me, you will not fulfill your purpose. You will not prosper, and every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, whether you are in the spiritual eye court, whether you are in the spiritual appellate court, you will not prosper. Whether in little things, you will not prosper. I say, I condemn you. I condemn you. The counsel of the Lord shall stand in my life. Come and call on the name of the Lord. Use your own mouth. Stand. Christ in you, the hope of glory. In his name. Take authority against every work of darkness, against everything that might be contrary to you. You don't need to be bound anymore. You can be free. How free you will be today in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let your amen be loud and clear. Don't be still still out. And don't say, I will go home and pray. If the Lord said we should share this today, he is here to answer. And he's here to fulfill that very first of, the very few first sentences that say that anyone that came in bound today, you are living free. Yeah. If I were you, I would do my little portion. I believe you are doing it already. I'm only encouraged to do more. Hallelujah. Point number two. I read from Psalm 34, 21 to 22. Psalm 34, verses 21 and 22. He says, evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. He said, the Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. None of those who trust in him shall be condemned. Whatever case I've been judged against you, the Lord will reverse it. His is the apex court of all apex courts. And your case that you have judged wrongly already is appearing before that super apex court today. Whatever they call it in the heavenly realms, they call it supreme, they call it as of law, whatever it is, your case is coming up at that apex court. And the Lord is reversing that judgment has been set against you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Your story will change. My story will change. We're going to pray to our declarative prayer. I say, I declare in the name of Jesus that my soul has been redeemed. Therefore, I shall not be condemned. Let those who hate me be condemned according to the word of God. We take you one more time in the name of Jesus. 
I declare that my soul has been redeemed. Therefore, I shall not be condemned. Let those who hate me be condemned according to the word of the Lord. Right now in the name of Jesus, lift up your voices and declare that. Put the Bible verse on the screen for us, please, so that people can read and pray with it. With the Bible verses on the screen. I declare in the name of Jesus that my soul has been redeemed, therefore I shall not be condemned. Condemned to laboring and getting no results. Condemned to just going around in circle. Condemned to unfulfilled blessings in marriage. Condemned to spiritual life that is unfulfilling up today, down tomorrow. Condemned to a life that is not holding anything of substance. Your case has been brought to the appellate court, the most supreme of all courts today. And the Lord is judging the matter in your favor. He's judging it in your favor. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. In the real life, some of us, we've got cases pending. I believe the Lord is saying unto you that this very season, because your case has appeared before the highest of all courts, he has turned the matter in your favor. Receive the grace to believe it fully in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I know you are coming back to testify. We're going to read from John chapter 8, verses 10 and 11, I believe. When Jesus has raised himself up, I think. When Jesus has raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Where are those accusers of yours? Today, you will look for your accusers and you will not find them. Where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? He says, no one Lord. Everybody says, no one Lord. No one. No one. No one. Whatever it is that they are holding on unto. The Lord of heaven and earth, who in his wisdom knows how to turn a lost case to a winning case. The woman caught in adultery was the most lost of all cases. No case, no lawyer would touch it. Jesus stood and won that case. He's still winning cases. It was a bad case, man. It was not a case of insinuation. It was not a case. They caught her. It was a lost case. One of the Bible passages that I read when I first gave my life to Christ and brought tears to my eyes. I said, how wise are you, Lord? Oh, you are too wise. Come on. Too wise. How he defended that case till tomorrow, I don't know. But your case, as bad as it is, he's taking it up. And he's defending you. Oh, he's defending you. He is, he is, he is. 
And very soon you will shout, No one, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus. So you will say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I stand on your word. And I declare, I cannot see my accusers. They are gone because you have defended me and you have scattered them. Lift up your voice in conclusion. You better pray. Pray it in faith. That's why one after another, God will be breaking long-term difficult cases in this church. God will be setting people free from long-term situations and circumstances they found themselves. You'll be transitioned from where you were to where you ought to be. That permanent delay about gainful employment is over. That permanent delay about moving forward in your finances is over. You know why? Because those that have sat on your case, because those that have judged you and have brought you before the Lord, He has defended you. Difficult case your case may be. Maybe because of your own misdemeanor. Maybe because of your own error. You find yourself where you are. But the lawyer of lawyers, the advocate of all advocates, Christ our advocate, he has fought for you today. He is fighting for you now. And you will not see your accusers anymore. I stand in the name that's above all names. I, Chris Bailey, I say my accusers. I shall see you no more. No one, Lord, scatter them by your power. Scatter my accusers, oh God. This is the essence of grace. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying a little bit more. Keep praying a little bit more. Seal that right now with your prayer. Seal that right now with your prayer. Your accusers the Lord shall defend you he shall defend you they have cheated you but we pluck you out in the physical realm you know they have cheated you in the spiritual realm you are sensing that someone is resisting you that resistance is broken today is broken in the name that's above our names and pound you will be no more pound you will be no more the mercy of the Lord is upon you. It's upon your children. It's upon your parents. It's upon your pedigree. It's upon all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, my Savior. Oh, what a mighty God you are. Hallelujah. 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 This prayer, I will pray it for you. I will pray it for you. And it's going to be along this line. That henceforth, news will go around concerning you. That you are too hot. For the accuser and the enemy to touch. The spiritual and the physical, they are parallel. And you know, there are people in this world who normally, you won't dare to have a case against them. By their connection. But there are also soft touches. From today, none of us shall be a soft touch anymore. Yeah. 
You can see that too. It's as if the gate of your life is being left ajar. And the enemy has been coming in and going out as it wills. But no more. Because of the kindness of our God. Because your righteousness is of him. And so if you want, just listen as I pray and agree with me in prayer. And as you receive this going forward, testimonies, more testimonies will come forth and will be uttered right on this altar. Saying clearly, the Lord has set me free. Father, I ask in the name that's above all names that you will hide each and every one of us right in the hollow of your hand and no longer shall our lives and our circumstances be accessible unto the evildoer in the name of the Lord Jesus. When the accusers gather against you, they will rise up against one another in the name of the Lord Jesus. Their counsel shall not hold. And every pronouncement that had hitherto been made concerning your life to repress you, to keep you down, by the special mercy of the Lord, you are released and free from all such repressive forces in the name of Jesus. You are not a victim, you are a victor. The hand that is above all hands, the power that is greater than all powers, is working in your favor and on your behalf right now. Right now. Right now. That which they have tied and they have concluded by their own thinking, that you will not come out from it. The Lord God who delivered that woman delivers you right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive freedom in the name of the Lord Jesus. Your chain is broken in the name of the Lord Jesus. And from now, you are a terror to your terrorists. Those ones that have set themselves to terrorize you. They themselves they shall be terrorized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And you will walk free in the name of the Lord. Lord, all these things we have said and done today, only in your name, only for your glory. We can't stand here without your backing. We can't do anything without you. And all may, so that all may know that I say God in Zion. So that all may know there's a God still reigning in his church. And we use this local church as a point of contact. That the church of Jesus Christ, we shall lose no more battles in the name of the Lord Jesus. Beginning from here, all our losses, we turn them back to gain in the name of Jesus. Somebody say recover. Somebody say restore. Restoration now in the name of Jesus. Restoration of your health in the name of the Lord. Deliverance from every bondage in the name of the Lord Jesus. Christ our advocate has risen on our behalf. And free we shall permanently be in the name of the Lord. No more bondage. Where are your accusers? 
None, Lord. No one, Lord. Where are your accusers? They have scattered. And they will never gather again. Go forth in the name that's above all names. Possess your possession. Live a fulfilling life. Stop on ending struggle. And enjoy the abundance that your father has purchased for you in Christ in the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We give you honor and glory. Come on, give the Lord praise in the house. Give him honor, he's worthy. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.